Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Yoast SEO podcast. I'm here today with John Hanshaw, a longtime friend. I think we've only like met in person like two or three times, which is ridiculous, but that's the way the world goes. Yeah, we- and most of them... Uh, a lot of times we meet at conferences, but I think we just kind of met in Germany. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and um, I remember remember a dinner in Nashville. That's right, uh, a good dinner in Nashville. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was a very good dinner um, at a place with a ridiculous name. Uh, I don't remember what it is, but yeah, there's plenty of ridiculous it, names. There wasn't there wasn't an SEO related name in, in to the restaurant, which which was very funny. I didn't. Uh, oh, four I, four. It yeah, was like four or four, four. pitch in or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were uh, playing Dutch country music. Of course, <laughs> because that <laughs> is honor. logical. I, I mean, the, the fact that you play country music is quite common in Nashville, mm-hmm. but that you're playing Dutch country music. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Yeah, I didn't anyway. know it existed either. So, I generally um, stay away from the country music. <laughs> John is uh, uh, John Hanshaw is a friend. He he works at Viacom CBS. He's he's known in the SEO industry for for some other stuff he did. But maybe you can talk a bit about that, uh, John. Yeah, you mean Raven? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was thirteen years of my life. <laughs> so, yeah, um, but that was something that I started. Um, I don't know, two thousand seven, and it was uh, there are only so many sort of SEO tool sets that were out at the time. Um, I think, you know, Moz was one of the first and, and there were a few others. And and so yeah. we were kind of early on the scene and we did, we did a lot of interesting things and um, had a lot of fun. And then the space got really competitive and life got really interesting. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, it's, it's, it's like everyone and their dog has an SEO tool set now. Uh, oh yeah. Well, I, I remember the, you know, the the times uh, kind of on the the last third of being there, where it felt like every single week somebody was announcing new software because it, it was sort of a a case where everybody in the world seemed to wake up and go, oh, I can make some money off of making some SEO software instead of doing this work. <laughs> it was just like everybody and their brother. And uh, which was fine. I mean, it's I'm, you know, as an entrepreneur, I like people making new things as an end user. I like having choices. And so um, all that stuff ends up working out pretty well. Even now, I would say even now, when I look at the landscape, some of the tools that I'm using now, I would not have assumed I would be using um, just because of who was a dominant player just a few years ago. And so mm-hmm. I think it's good. I think it's healthy. Um, I think that the the software that ends up winning ends up uh, being the ones that uh, don't kind of sit in their hands. You know, they keep trying to figure out what can I do? How can I innovate? Um, and they get rewarded by that, I think, from our industry. I, I think that, you know, most of the SEOs and, and digital marketers I know, um, they are loyal but only to a certain point, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, yeah, like, no, absolutely. I'm ready for that yeah. next good thing. Yeah. And they're also quite trigger happy to actually move on to something new sometimes. Yeah. Where uh, is the loyalty? That's what you're saying. Yeah. And, um, we've seen that definitely where people sometimes suddenly jump to another SEO plugin and then come back screaming a few months later. Well, I, 
I know you're you're part of um, Coilf now. <laughs> um, I'm not. You saw the. There's a thread where you know they were t- uh, talking about the different SEO plugins, um, and and there's a whole yeah we had a whole conversation around that uh, because there there are some other. Uh, are we allowed to say competitors' names here? What are we doing? <laughs> no, I, it, you are. I mean, I, I, to to be honest, um, in, in terms of size, we don't. We don't often feel that we have that much competition yet, but there are some other SEO plugins out there that that have been building new stuff. Um, okay, and well, it's I'll funny just, I'll because just run with it, yes. Yeah, well, you go ahead. All right. Um, so you know, I remember one of the conversations was uh, one with a up and coming one called Rank Math, and and it was sort of like, well, I I'm thinking of you know wanting to switch to this instead of that. Um, and, and what I will preface with is that I don't think any of the ones that are out there right now, the, the main ones that people are using, are bad. Like, this is not a discussion of, like, this is a bad thing to use. Um, I think it comes down to what's important to you in regards to what you want to use. And so uh, it's funny that you said that people are actually really ready, are very trigger happy <laughs> to just want to try the next thing, which which I think is just an ethos of digital marketing and things are always changing and you, you want to be a part of it. But uh, my response with, with Rank Math was, you know, because I look, I look pretty deeply in all these different things. I want to know what's going on and whether or not I should consider using something different. And, and it's funny because a lot of the sort of complaints and descriptions of uh, in this case uh, with your plugin, it's just like oh these these guys are they're just bloated now and they're doing this and they screwed up that one time, you know, <laughs> you know and and, and it, everything gets blown out of proportion. Um, and for me, it comes back to does it work for me now? Has it always worked for me? Does it continue to work for me? Is it um, and then a really important one? And this is something I, I've written about a lot when I write about plugins and speeding up your site and how many plugins to use is, uh, is it really well maintained? Like, is there a team of people behind this thing that are making sure that, you know, that, that they're, they're checking all the security holes and they're, they're fixing all the bugs all the time and they have a frequent, um, release schedule, uh, and are they constantly improving it? Um, in, in a way that actually, uh, I would say almost, I don't want to notice <laughs> I mean, in a sense of like, well, to a certain it extent, yeah, and it yeah. slightly changes and gets better over time. Anyways, that that was my thing. Was um, I? I don't know how long I've been using the Yoast SEO plugin, other than for a really long time. <laughs> um, well, and yeah, we, we've user been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the, so I know why. What most of them are pretty good. I know why Rank Math in Basis is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very simple. They copied literally every line of code from Yoast SEO. And, okay, so that's how that's and, do it. <laughs> um, and only recently have they admitted to that and attributed it to us uh, properly in the source code. I mean, I'm I'm all for open source. I'm, uh, so forking our plugin is what open source is for. But not doing that and not attrib- attributing our copyright was one of the well one of the sore points. Um, luckily, they've admitted to that. Um, I, I'm not one to go shouting off a rooftop that people steal our code uh, because, well, I, I'd, I'd rather compete on other stuff. So what you're saying um, is they should change the, the message that we are bloated too? Well, that, that, that's, it just makes me laugh because the only reason that we have more files than they do is that we support like a, a lot of languages and they don't. 
uh, and um, that adds a lot of files and code, and and well, it it, re it really doesn't say anything um, because all of that doesn't get loaded when you don't use that language. So it's already not that like yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a there's a lot of stuff there that um, I yeah I really feel like about. I opened some wounds. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, honestly, <laughs> let's I, start the podcast I, by I, opening a wound. I, I, I'm uh, no, but I'm actually pretty happy about getting competition, and because there's some stuff that they've done that I think, like, oh, that's, I, I, I can see why people want that. One of the one of the pitfalls we always have is we make a plugin for a very large audience, um, mm -hmm. and because of that, I don't necessarily want to always add settings for specific things. Because every setting creates new questions, etc. And then there's a very tiny group of SEOs that want specific control over every little lever. And I'm just unwilling to add every little lever to our product. And, Which I, and I think they as a, are. As a you know, sort of post-product person would completely agree with. I mean, I mean there's yeah, you I mean, don't want to do it, that. Actually, you create huge amount of technical debt and it's really hard to even remove features when they really were a mistake. Yeah, and 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 they're very willing to um, abide by every request from the SEO and even more the the affiliate community, which seems to be which seems to be even a bit more aggressive in how they want to optimize. And so they want triggers for every small little thing, and and to me that often feels like well, overload. But if people want that, then uh, there's now an alternative where they can get that, and I'm fine with them having it from from them, because that means that we're not the best match for them. Well, that's fine. It, it, adding, like, um, uh, RankMath has, I think, like 50 different options on each post that you can change, and it stores each and every one of them as well in post meta. It's that's what makes it very slow. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, no, but it, it I, I can see how that is useful to some people. And I'm fine with that being useful to those people. And I think that for the large majority of people, it's far too complicated already. And I, I think, you know, it makes me think of, um, you know, like a different sort of space within industry, which would be when I think of Moz and SEMrush and Ahrefs and Majestic. You know, they're, they're all... They're all trying to do something similar, but they're also all, all trying to, to do it slightly different. And and it ends up being which one gives you exactly kind of what you feel like you need to go do what you want to go do. And I think in the case um, of Rank Math or All-in-One SEO um, or Yoast SEO, it's, it's, it comes down to what you're describing, which is it's right for somebody or, or they wouldn't be in existence. Yeah, and and, and and they're very much driven by feature requests because they're not SEOs themselves. So they they're very much driven by what other people feed them. Um, whereas we, well, I trust on on our own team to make the calls on like what what is uh, good for your SEO, what's important, etc. And on our relationships with search engines, etc. To actually figure that stuff out. So. Not a whole lot of the things that they add will always immediately uh, translate into stuff that works, but sometimes it might. I, th I think that's an attribute of a company being mature. And what I mean by that is what you just described 
that Brink Math is doing is what I did for the first few years of Raven. You know, it's, it's you're basically you're new. I, I need to differentiate myself and I'm going to take any feedback because I remember working directly with fairly large agencies when we were building our link manager and we were trying to optimize our rank tracker. And I mean, all these things back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we, we were creating almost everything. I mean, I mean, that that was within reason and made sense, because at the time before I really just was totally focused on making software, I was still doing SEO. I still had an agency. Um, so I would do the things that made sense. But it was it was very similar where you just kind of like it was it was kind of it's exciting for the user base because they keep getting new things. But in the long run, it's what I said earlier, which is, but then you discover you're just creating t- loads of technical debt. <laughs> yeah, and, it's and, incredibly and, hard. And, yeah. you, and you'll, you'll reach a point where you actually need to remove some of those features because of uh, it's a resource hog, it's really expensive, only two people are using it, um, and it just oh, becomes yeah, really it, difficult. It, it turns out product management is actually a job, <laughs> and, and and thinking about what you add is um, uh, uh, is just as important as thinking about what you remove. And yeah, it's hard. It's it's not uh, it's not a simple job, and especially not if you're rolling it out to 11 million users with very very widely ranging needs. Right. I mean, you're using it. Um, uh, to name some of your competitors, Disney is using it. Um, and Microsoft is using USSEO. The White House is using USSEO. And Biden is using USSEO. I mean, literally everyone in the world on all sides of every spectrum that you can find is using USSEO on, on all sorts of different sites. And that ranges from e-commerce to, to simple blogs to, uh, to corporate sites. And they all have different needs. And that is probably one of my biggest challenges at the moment to figure out how do we do that and how do we then build, for instance, schema.org stuff that makes sense for all of them and that is easy to implement for all of them when they need it. Um, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, you were talking about before how, oh, it gets really complicated and there's all these different features and stuff. I think that the way schema has been implemented on your plugin is an example of doing something that is actually highly flexible, but uh, but that doesn't appear to be and doesn't have to be to the majority of users. An example of that- no, it should be simple. Right, but but I have highly technical needs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so, so uh, you know, example would be that because you you built sort of this like API layer on top of that, you can actually write uh, specific um, commands and stuff, uh, you know, in functions or, or whatever it might be, and and exclude or include or add on top of the schema that's being outputted. And so that's been incredibly helpful uh, to me. Um, yeah, I think I think the schema API is one of the best things we built over uh, over the last two years. Um, but it's not in your face. I mean, I'm saying like for the 11 million users or whatever you have, it's not in your face when you install it. But when you need it, it's there. And I think that's to me that's elegant design. So. I uh, well, thank you. I'm happy with that. 
So you you mentioned it briefly already, but I want to I want to touch on Koi Wolf. That is your project. Can you tell us a bit about what Koi Wolf is and and um, well what it does? So I I explain Koi Wolf as my digital playground. It's it's the place where um, I get all of the things that are trapped in my head out, <laughs> which could be scary, of course, at times. So I do filter it a little bit, but <laughs> but all the things related to digital marketing, at least, and and so. Um, I love to write. I'm endlessly curious. I'm always digging into different things, new things, old things, whatever it might be. Like, like, how do you do this? What, what does this new ranking signal mean? You know, like what, what is going on here? Um, you know, I'm now focused on international SEO and there's not a whole lot of good information out there anymore because things have, have changed. And so I'm going to, I, run my own tests and discover answers for myself. And then what I do is I then turn around and, and, you know, write that out and, and publish it and share it um, with people within the industry so that they can learn. Um, you know, it's, uh, I am fairly a self-taught person. Of course, I've had people teach me things and I absorb that and then, and then build on, on top of that. Um, but the reason why I know what I know is because the people who came before me took a similar approach and shared that information. And, and so, you know, for me, this is, uh, I'm still a learner, but I'm also now in a position where um, I can do things and I, and I know how to test things and know how to apply experience and knowledge and then turn it around and share that with people who may not know those things, which are a lot of people. And so that's, I would say that is what Koi Wolf is to me. It is, it's basically a member-based site where I get to experiment and share knowledge um, with people who may not have um, certain level of experience. No, and it's, it, to me, it's, it, it's one of those uh, things I, um, Shame on me! Only recently became a paid subscriber. Shame on you, um, um, because well, you you would have you don't you have to be. That. I mean, like, <laughs> I did. Of course, um, you're a paid paid Yoast SEO user. I should I am. be paying you for, uh, paying you for your stuff as well. Um, now, it, 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 when I ran into it was when you wrote about uh, Google Passages. Uh, yeah, I, that was I, recent. The yeah. whole the whole passages. Um, thing where Google says that they're going to highlight passages from blog posts. Um, there's a, there's a, basically, they're just like normal snippets, but longer. Um, right. And, and slightly weird combinations of sentences from articles sometimes. It's like they literally grab some, some sentences from the top of an article and the bottom of an article and combine it into a passage. Yeah, it, and it I, you know. It drives me nuts. It's, it's really interesting, and, and I did highlight that in the article where for, in a lot of instances, it just kind of makes sense. Yeah, they took the couple sentences, and that's what they did. But then there was another instance that I highlighted where, uh, one, it was on a forum. So that's kind of interesting that they're pulling things from, from uh, discussion forums. But the other thing was they cherry-picked. Like it was multiple sentences throughout this page that they that they literally took and smashed into, a I guess you could say cohesive paragraph, and that that was the passage that appeared in the result. And I thought that was pretty fascinating. That that is um, 
definitely AI level stuff. You know, that's what they're they're saying that they're using yeah. to be able to do that with with Bert and and it shows. <laughs> I mean, that's I don't think that's something you just easily parse and throw together. That there's some sort of um, artificial intelligence behind that. Yeah, and it's hard to actually build that stuff. Um, uh, so we have a team of linguists here, Jost, and we look at a lot of that when they when they put stuff of that out like that out, and we look at it and we go like, okay, so can we replicate some of this mm-hmm. in in Yoast SEO? Can we make this into something meaningful? Honestly, I'm not there yet with uh, with that passage based indexing or whatever they want to call it. Um, because I'm not, I'm not really sure yet with like, how do we apply, what does this mean? And, and, and how, how even does this trigger? Um, what, what we do see is that it, it ties where we see it, it ties into, well, well-built sentences, which is something that we've been focusing on Mm -hmm. for, with readability for a long time. And it seems to have a slight preference for shorter sentences um it might i haven't i haven't looked at it personally that deep you know in in the article uh, kind of what i wrote was um or focused on was this idea around deductive writing where you you everything is highly structured uh very hierarchical in nature where you start very broad you ask this big question and then you break things down um, into their individual components so that it all sort of like makes sense. And, and the thing is, is that I don't think that enough people write that way. Um, I think people write like humans, <laughs> you know, and, and they write in a way where sometimes it's a stream of thought or they're just trying to tell a story or they're trying to push their narrative or whatever it might be instead of being extremely matter-of-fact and very descriptive and deductive in the sense that I can start from this place and get down to this very granular thing and it's all and, and my case has been built and it all makes sense and I can go backwards and it makes sense. Um, and that's that was the observation I made when I was um, looking at all of the different type of passages results, which was, what is it they're pulling out? What are they looking for? What are these questions? Where are they pulling it from and what is that structure and i also looked at bill slusky's post that was actually six days or something before passages was even announced where he just wrote about this this patent that was just completely applied and it was like oh my goodness and and so that's also where i um i got some of those ideas of things i look mm-hmm. for and that type of thing and and it ended up being uh, I, I would say the conclusion was there's not a whole lot different from what you should have been doing already <laughs> as far as, you know, how you write and structure your content. Uh, but but that this is sort of at a, a next level. <laughs> this is a next yeah, level. So, You've got to write it this way. You've got to structure it this way. Yeah. So our readability t- checks in Yoast SEO just became even more important. <laughs> you better use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you mentioned you mentioned it international SEO. Um, mm-hmm. I had to laugh. I clicked open the article, and and the first thing is international uh, HRF Lang needs to die in a blue pit of fire. Yeah, uh, that was AJ Cohn's <laughs> yeah. tweet when he was at his wits end one day. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so, what is your conclusion on international SEO? You 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 wrote about a, lo- a very long article about it. 
Yeah. Uh, so I, I did what I would consider to be some pretty decent testing. And I created a, a site and I created all kinds of different sections for different uh, locales. I tested different languages. Um, I did it in a way where I actually made up words, um, but I, I really made sure they were made up. Like as in, if you did a search for it, you wouldn't get a, did you mean you wouldn't get, you know, any of this stuff. I'm talking like no results. Um, with those words, I wrote content, just ridiculous, insane crap that came out of my head. Um, <laughs> to, to, to have some content on the pages. So, you know, they'd actually be indexed. Um, and, and so it was really interesting to me what I discovered, because if you search for anything online right now about, you know, what do I do to, you know, structure this and make sure this shows up in the right country for Google Brazil, almost everything says hreflang, hreflang, hreflang. And that ended up being the worst thing. <laughs> ended up being the most unreliable way to make what you want to appear, appear. And it's especially true if we're talking about content that is similar or duplicate for different regions. And so, you know, the goal I was going for was, how do I take very similar or same content that's in different folders for different regions and have that show up in the right country, as opposed to USA showing up in Belgium? I don't want that. I want the Belgium page to show up in, in Belgium. So, yeah. um, so that so that's that's what I did, and it ended up being that it was other signals, not very big, just little signals that ended up having the most impact. And I'm talking like consistent, as in if you do this, it will work. Period. And and that ended up being um, including the country name in the page title. I mean, it's just like stuff like this uh, ended up being um, you know make sure you have your uh, you know, your global home page, which doesn't have to be on the home, but I, I did that, which is because it's similar to FedEx and, and UPS. And and you list all your regions and you link to your regions and you do that stuff. You know, make sure make sure that um, you the language matters. So so for example, uh, if I did something in um, Spanish, but I was searching as an English user in Mexico, then it wouldn't work. But it, but if it was in Spanish and, and I was uh, using Google as a Spanish uh, user, and I was searching for th that particular page that was in the Me uh, Mexican section of that site, it would work like almost 100% of the time. Um, and the only thing that did not work very often or hardly at all is hreflang. <laughs> and, no, and, yeah. and I would still <laughs> use it. I would still use it because it's still technically considered a best practice, but that was the thing that did not work consistently. Well, it's also some of the hardest shit to implement properly. It's hard. Yes, there's a lot of things uh, that can go wrong. Yeah, and um, it, it's funny that we're talking about uh, about this. In, on the long-term roadmap of WordPress, the content management system we also love is multilingual. Yes. So I've, I've been looking at it and I'm thinking about, okay, so how are we going to approach that in WordPress? Because there's quite a few different approaches to doing this in WordPress, and there's a couple of plugins out there that do this. Um, but doing this is actually, if you do it well from the ground up, it's, it's not all that hard. If you have to bolt it onto something, it's incredibly hard. And right, to come in after the fact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Which is why basically all the multilingual plugins for WordPress are not very good uh, because it's pretty hard to bolt, to bolt multilingual systems onto a database model that basically isn't ready for it. Um, so I'm thinking about it a lot in terms of how do you implement this technically like from the uh, from the ground up to how do we add this to WordPress how do we make it work mm-hmm. and 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 seeing your your results I go like yeah so basically most of the stuff that's important I can't even control from within WordPress or in the theme, but not in WordPress. Right, right, exactly. You can control the page title. Um, you can control what you put on the page. You yeah. can control the folder structure. Well, and I can control stuff like the HTML language that we put out, and I could probably even do hreflang correctly across a site because if I have it added to the CMS. Um, but I, I, the country and title stuff is, well, we can't really force that anywhere, can we? You can't. And and again, the the results that I got showed that, I mean, because I, I guarantee you I did hreflang correctly. I know I did it correctly, and it did not work. <laughs> it did, did not work. But, so so how would you? Um, because in title is re- is a relative thing, right? Would you say if say we want Yoast.com to rank in Spanish? Um, we actually just the might. language, or or you mean like a particular yeah, outlet. just in, in Spanish, Spanish everywhere where they search in Spanish. If I were only concerned about that, there's not a whole lot you have to do. You can you can put it in a folder that's like ES, and yeah, everything can. every oh, I'm glad you bring this up now. Okay, everything has to be in Spanish, <laughs> meaning meaning the metadata, the title, the page title. I mean like. Everything. It's not just on the page. It's the things inside the page that Google might read or need to know about. Um, yeah. So your uh, schema. So, so that needs was to another be in thing Spanish I too. I'm sorry. What? So your schema needs to be in Spanish too. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Because every, we do every, a- well, if it's used for a certain type of result, yes. I I did not test that, but I would make the assumption that yes, it would need to be in Spanish. So um, everything has to be in that in that language, um, and then you mentioned so. And if I wanted to rank the Spanish stuff in Mexico, um, then I have to add Mexico to the um, title. Yes, that's how I would do it. That would be my recommendation based on what I tested. I would if I wanted it, now English can. Rank in Mexico too. So I mean, in, in which case, if you had two different versions for Mexico, you would have, you know, something like en-mx and es-mx. Uh, so you, you put them in two different folders. You would um, uh, target it with Search Console f- for those different folders after you added it to Search Console. Um, but the English version would need to be completely written in English, like we were just talking about, including metadata, schema, all of it. And the Spanish version would need to be completely in Spanish. And and what would happen is if I were using uh, you know Google Mexico and and I had it switched to the Spanish v- version as an end user, and I search for that, that es dash mx version should pop up. If I were to switch to English, um, so let's just say like I speak English, I'm Mexico, I'm using Google as an English speaking person, it should pull up en-mx. It won't pull up the, Mex- the, the Spanish version for Mexico. 
if you did it for if you did if you did it correctly, yeah, <laughs> and and if you translated your entire thing, uh, your entire Correct. template, because, because that is probably the thing that I run into the most that people forget to like um, translate entire sections of their site. Right. So for people who are listening, they I have this the site I use for testing is live, and I probably end up will use it. I'll probably end up using it again, but. Um, it's it's coywolf.country. That's all it is. I just I just registered a new domain. I'm I of course love general top level domains. I'm kind of insane about it. Um, <laughs> it's 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 my uh, it's my middle finger to the dot com domainer industry because I'm just like you know what screw you. <laughs> I'm not gonna pay that money for that stuff. Um, so all I use almost exclusively is GTLDs. But uh, so coywolf.country. If you go there, I mean it's, that that is the site. I use to test all the things and you can view the source code, see what I did, look at the completely insane copy that I'm very proud that I wrote <laughs> of things that make absolutely no sense. Um, but, you know, on the homepage, you'll have uh, that, what I was, I was calling that sort of global sitemap, and you'll see sort of how I, uh, you would, I would say communicate, but to other people, it's going to look like over-communicate, but that's how you communicate to a bot. You need to over-communicate every little thing to reinforce what's going on there because every everything like that ends up becoming, to some degree, an important signal. Some pages I, I test um, not including things on the page. Some pages I test not including certain links. Some pages I include not using hreflang. I, it's across the board. So the complete insane copy that you wrote, uh, John, I'm just looking at this. This is rather insane. I can now see the words that you came up with. It's some of I, my best prose. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not entirely sure whether I'm able to even pronounce this. I'm not oh, I try. can't pronounce it either. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to try. <laughs> it's not um, a real word. So, and there was one last thing that I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about it because I that article from you was, it, it made me so happy. You wrote a while back about Apple Search. Oh yeah, Apple Search Engine. <laughs> and um, it's one of the things that I've been waiting for for forever mm -hmm. uh, because. Apple is so slowly chipping away at Google searches all the time. Yeah. Um, and people don't even notice it. So you're searching in Safari on your phone and you get an instant result and you think that's from Google, but it's not, it's from Apple. And, and, and there's so many of these small things that they've been doing for a while already where they just take away more and more and more of Google's search share. So I don't think a lot of people are aware that that Applebot is alive and well, <laughs> and they are they are crawling what seems like the same amount as Bing, if not more. Um, you know, some people report you know different different amounts of crawling, uh, but it's a lot. It's significant, and I think that most people have in their mind that Apple's just going to launch something like is either going to buy or launch something like DuckDuckGo. You know, like it's going it's going to be. A, what I would consider a conventional search engine. Conventional in the sense of, yeah, you go here, you enter this, and you get results. You know, that's the only type of search engine there is. When, of course, we, we know that's not true, and, and especially if we even think about voice search. But I think in Apple's case, they're just going to bake it all in. I think they're already baking it in, um, but it's, it's just going to become one of these things where you don't even kind of realize you're using a search engine. 
No. It's, it's, uh, it's very Which is very aptly. Yeah, I mean, that's how you want to be. I mean, I think, I think Apple's going to end up taking Google's food in the long run um, because there's no friction. There's no, there, to the end user, there's no, there's no middleman. You're just no. using this app and you need to know something or you need to get to something and it just gets you there. And uh, now this, what I'm about to describe is a little more conventional, but I, I think it's a good example of sort of what you had just brought up, which is you think you're getting information from Google, but you're not. And, and that is really seen in the latest version of Mac OS with, with Big Sur and with Safari 14, which I've been using for a while, I've been using the beta for a while. Um, I would say more often than not, when I type something and, and um, you know, the, the input field uh, on, on Safari, the first result is what gets selected. Like I'll type and if I press enter, it's just going to take me to the site and it completely jumps past Google. But it's not just that. It's not using Google. That result I'm pretty confident about is from Applebot, not from Googlebot um, and from their, you know, Apple's own search engine. Uh, and and even the other day, and I, I think I tweeted this, I was searching for the score of a, a local football team in Nashville, and it popped it up in the browser and it had everything. It was just like the full stuff, full results and, and told me everything I need to know. I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't go to Google. I didn't go, you know, whatever it was, it was just there. And then I went on to rest my life. So not only that, I, d I didn't even leave the browser. I didn't even leave the tool, you know, I, no, I didn't. And, and, and that means they're buying that data because that data is not coming yes, to you. They're buying that data. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they're, and they're deliberately taking actions to, well, to make it, to make it accessible right there. Um, but that, yeah, that's a huge step because that means as soon as they start doing that, then you, you, you get to that point where a lot of that stuff is just available to you and you don't have to think about it. And as soon as you think about it, it's there. You don't, well, they, they try, they do what Google now always tries to do, but, um, I think Apple will do a better job of that particular bit. And it's a different type of experience, you know, where Google is dependent on you going to Google or one of its properties. With Apple, it's what I, I would say Microsoft always failed to do and what they try to do with IE and bake an IE into the operating system and all this stuff like that. Um, Apple has successfully baked it into their native apps. And, and, they, and, they, and, and the thing is, is the search engine is baked into the operating system because when you use Spotlight, that is the search engine. I mean, that is a search engine that you're, you're just, it's, I assume what is similar for people who use Android or a Chromebook, but that is the search engine, which is command space. What do I want? What am I looking for? Uh, and, and of course you get all the things you find your documents, whatever, but you also have all your search results. And, um, and one of the things I think I highlighted originally, uh, when I wrote that was, wow, those search results have nothing to do with Google and uh, have everything to do with the stuff that Applebot found, not what Google, Googlebot found. And they're just completely bypassing them. And I'm going straight to the content that I want to go to. There are no ads to see. There are no, you know, whatever regular search snippets. No, yeah. And it, it's it's in many ways also um, 
because there's so little feedback from Apple about all of this, it's the biggest black box in SEO we've seen in a while. So yes and no, you know, I mean, it's it's they updated the whole Applebot page, which is I think probably what sparked everybody's interest. I think Barry Schwartz was probably as usual the first one to spot it, you know, and, and let everybody know that he did. Um, but but it was one of those things where all this language was was very familiar to us. I mean, it was it was written for SEOs. It was it felt almost copied off of Google's documentation. This and, never happens. <laughs> nobody copies anything, as we've already established at the beginning of this podcast. Nobody copies anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's funny. Um, anyway. John, we can talk for hours. I know we can, which means that you'll at some point have to be back. Um, but um, it's been great talking to you. So thank you. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, it's too bad we only have this little brief amount of time. But yes, we can. Uh, this over. little brief amount of time, uh, yeah. he says about uh, almost 50 minutes of podcast to listen. Ah, it feels like five <laughs> minutes. What are you talking about? I love it. Um, <laughs> thanks for being here. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, tune in for the next show. Bye bye.